0: So, the big question is this, how are pitching coaches like us, who aren't lazy and driven by our ego, who actually care about getting every player better, how do we coach in a way that lets us break free from the status quo, see things differently, and impact each one of our players for the better, all while changing the landscape of this game? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Andy Powers, and welcome to the Pitching Secrets Podcast. Hey guys, how's it going? Andy here. Man, I'm glad to have you with me. I'm really excited about today's episode because it's going to dive into and tackle something that I know, I know that a lot of pitching coaches, instructors, even parents—I mean, pretty much everybody—quite honestly, uh, has questions about and that they're looking for for understanding and clarity on. And so, it's it's a no secret. Today, that it you know, really, it doesn't even matter what level of play you're at, or if it's even uh, with a team in a practice, or if it's in a training session with your instructor or whatever. But uh, it is, it is definitely becoming more and more of the norm to be uh, doing what uh, what we call a lot of high-intensity throws, which we call like the running guns and turning burns and uh, stuff like that. You even got weighted balls in there. Okay, so. The one question that I do hear a lot and is uh, there, I don't I just don't think that there's really been a lot of clarity out there to it. Uh, in fact, I don't really think anybody's really uh, either paid enough attention or cared to try to clarify it for you. Uh, so, I'm happy to be able to do that for you today. But the question I, I, or something that I get a lot or hear a lot of is okay, so a guy, you know, runs and throws as hard as he can, whether it's a baseball or it's a weighted ball, heavier or lighter than a baseball. Um, how does that translate uh, to the mount? And it's a great question, and there's actually two parts to this, and that's what I want to talk about with you today in this uh, in this episode. So the first part of it is that let's just talk about the baseball, uh, and then how that translates to the mound. And there there and it's this is why it's important to know because if you find yourself larger than the Translate than, than the translation, which will make sense in a second. When when you find that the difference between your run and gun and your mound uh, throw is 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 bigger than what the normal difference is, then that tells you that you are not getting as much as you possibly could out of yourself on the mound. If you find that your difference between your run and gun And on the mound is less than the average number uh, difference, then you're finding out that you're not getting as much out of yourself on the running gun that you could be. Okay. And that's important to know because that means that in one of those situations, you can be getting more, you could be doing more out of it, which would help you to continue to build uh, yourself as a player. So, what is the difference between the running gun? And the mound, what would be the velocity? Well, first of all, I will tell you that the running gun should be a faster thrown ball than off the mound. After that, the average difference between them is six miles an hour. So if you were throwing 90 miles an hour on a running gun, then that means that translated onto the mound, you should max effort be able to throw about 84 miles an hour. So if you're throwing 90 off the mound, uh, off the running gun, and then you get on the mound and you're 81, so there's a difference of nine miles an hour. What that should tell you is that you're not nearly getting as much out of your capabilities, your potential, on the mound as you could be. So the the area to then address is to keep doing your running guns, but that you really need to start figuring out what's going on on the mound that's costing you the the uh, three miles an hour or so in velocity, okay, to get up to where you should be, which would be about 84. Now, on the other hand, if you're sitting there and you're throwing 90 on a running gun, and then you get on the mound and you're 87, well, that means that you're really not doing much more on a running gun. The the effort, energy level, and the connection, and everything that you're transferring into that throw on a running gun really isn't that much different than it is off the mound. And so you need to be uh, figuring out on a running gun, what is it that you could be doing to try to get more out of it? Uh, because if you're 87 off the mound, then you should probably be somewhere uh, you know around that 92 mark or so, 92, 93 area. Uh, and that's where we would probably be wanting to look at. So that's part of it for as far as the, the, the translation. Now, the other side of it now is with the weighted balls. And so you've got, let's just say, you know, that the baseball is five-ounce ball. So you've got heavier balls, six, seven, eight-ounce balls, and then you've got underloads. So you've got four-ounce balls, three-ounce balls. I even have a two-ounce ball. One thing I will tell you, first of all, is that the the risk when it comes to weighted balls is in the underload not in the balls that are heavier I know everybody thinks that you're throwing a heavier ball it's going to put more load and torque on the elbow that's actually from what I've seen not uh, been the issue uh, it actually what happens is is that when you put something heavier in your hand your body kind of inherently knows that it has to move a heavier object so it kind of makes itself more efficient to move that heavier object but when you go lighter your arm is moving extremely fast and that is the risk that you're placing, but getting back from that segue, let's say, let's again say that you're throwing a running gun, a baseball at 90 miles an hour. Every ounce that you go heavier should make your velocity go down three miles an hour. Okay. So if you're throwing a baseball on a running gun at 90 miles an hour, okay, five ounce baseball, then you should throw a six ounce baseball on a running gun at 87 miles an hour. You should throw a seven-ounce baseball running gun at 84 miles an hour. Okay, so there's three mile-an-hour difference for every ounce that you change off the baseball. Now, if you have a five-ounce baseball that you're throwing 90 miles an hour on in a running gun, then you if you threw a four-ounce baseball, then what it should it be? It should be 93 miles an hour. And the reason that's important is because then that's telling you how your body is organizing itself, how optimal and efficient you are at keeping your timings, your rhythms, your mechanics, your movements, however you want to call it, all that stuff together and connected, and then translating it into the throw. So if you're 90 on a baseball, on a running gun, and then you put a six ounce ball in your hand and all of a sudden you're 85 and you're you're at five mile an hour spread, then that means that something has really broken down on that uh, in that six ounce. So you're not generating and connecting and transferring enough energy into the throw. On the other hand, if you throw a 90 miles an hour on the baseball, you put a six ounce ball in your hand and it's 88 or 89, which is so it's basically what the baseball is. Then really what that tells me is that the baseball should be thrown harder. Not the six-ounce ball, but your baseball should be thrown harder than you're already throwing it. So those are the key indicators that I wanted to kind of share with you uh, with it. So if it's a straight running gun transfer to the mound, it's it should be six miles an hour. If it's transfer of weighted balls from the baseball for every ounce you change, it should be a three-mile-an-hour spread. You go heavier, the velocity should go down. You go lighter, the velocity should go up. I think that makes sense, uh, but you're doing that by three miles an hour every time. So anyways, uh, I just wanted to try to just put that out there and, and kind of make that uh, a little bit more clear to you, hopefully, uh, so that you can kind of use that as an opportunity to figure out, are your guys right where they're supposed to be? Are they overperforming or, or more so maybe are they underachieving and underperforming based off of what they're doing when you take those those uh those kind of those metrics and and put them into place okay so i'm glad that you joined us here it was just a quick one i wanted to get into today but i thought one that would i know provide a lot of value to a whole lot of guys and as always if you feel like this this could help other people please feel free to share this uh with uh, other coaches maybe other players anybody that you think of that needs to uh to hear this information and good luck to you and continue doing your thing and being a pitching boss i'll talk to you later I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Pitching Secrets Podcast. If you want to learn more secrets to enhancing your pitching coach abilities and add to your playbooks all while breaking free from the current status quo of today's coaching, then I want you to join me in my movement to becoming a pitching boss. To start, I'd like to give you a free three-day masterclass for pitching coaches. In this masterclass, we will take a deep dive together on arm care, creating your daily routine, and developing your pitching staff rotation. Go to bullpensecrets.com forward slash masterclass and sign up to get started today.